Hey everyone, you're listening to Is, Is It That, that Deep though? Hi everybody, I'm Joy. I live in Austin. I'm a best friend. I'm a pet owner. I'm uh, almost 30. If I ever get uh, brought up on tweets on anything, oh I have honestly, if somebody said this you or but look what you said here, I would probably say, oh yeah, that was me. I was wrong. <laughs> Why doesn't anybody just say that? Huh? What? I have not heard the word simple plan in like 11 years, I'm sure. Yo, they were lit. And I'm Cynthia. I am a PhD candidate in clinical psychology and I'm in my last year. I'll just say one thing. I remember in 2018, I tweeted, the baby deserves to be tall. I had to go and delete that tweet because I cannot have that tied to my legacy that I was on the wrong side of history. If you like shake a bottle of Coke, and then you untwist it and it explodes, right? Everything will come out, but it's going to dissipate eventually. It's not gonna to continue to explode like that for the rest of time. Emotions are like that too. So you should feel them and then just kind of let them pass through you. I don't even know, can I even say it? It's like, yeah, you know, I got her <laughs> What is up everybody? Hey, Cynthia, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I am splendid. This is our first episode. This is where I'm going to put in the DJ air horns. <laughs> I'm so excited to be recording with you. Me and Cynthia are, she's my bestie. I won't put the pressure on you, but I, we're so close and our yes. conversations are so great. And I feel like this could help a lot of people. Just all the depth we go into, as you've heard in the intro, this podcast is called, is it that deep though? Because we just have a lot of conversations, whether yep. it's just like, superficial shit or whether it's deep shit we take it deep it always ends up being like about culture overall and community and being black women and being mm -hmm. first generation nigerian yes. american black women and in the society all mm -hmm. of this stuff and i had to do this with cynthia because she is basically to me a mental health professional <laughs> she is about to have a doctorate that is true what has that journey been like cynthia yeah, well, there is no pressure applied because you are my bestie. So I don't feel any pressure at all. Oh are my we, goodness. Did we just become official? Are we official? <laughs> we have to make it FBO, Facebook official. <laughs> we have to do the corny thing that people used to do where they would be like married to. Oh my gosh, in a domestic partnership. Girl, get the, <laughs> get Whatever. <out. laughs> God, that was a memory unlocked. Wow, that is so funny. What do you think uh, those conversations were like? Like, I hey, I'm going to request that you, I'm going to tag you in my marriage status on Facebook. Isn't that funny? <laughs> like, like, yeah, because it's 2012 and we have nothing <laughs> else to laugh at. Because the year is 2012 and everything lame was funny then. Exactly. Mustaches on water bottles and <sighs> mustache tattoos on yep. fingers. Yes. I'm so glad that I didn't have tattoos back then because I probably would have been like this is so tongue-in-cheek let me get a mustache on my inner finger and just put and it on my upper lip and just be stupid for the rest of my life like <laughs> oh my gosh the chokehold that had on the community it's crazy <laughs> oh mustaches okay my anyway week, my week was crazy i mean has it it's tuesday when we're recording no it's not tuesday it's thursday. it's thursday that is how you know it's been a long week i know and i paused i was like oh you're right it is tuesday <laughs> i was like it's only tuesday it's actually thursday oh my gosh the other night i was out i basically didn't go to sleep me and a friend 
went out to celebrate his birthday and then we we I took him to dinner and then we ended up going out to a club called Barbarella's here in Austin and like we're out till friends till 2 a.m I met a boy with an eye mm. and we were up till like almost 8 a.m so I didn't sleep on a but Tuesday we were, on a got the club going up on a Tuesday on a, and then going up and then the conversation's going up on a Tuesday because we did not sleep together. Okay. I'm dead set against that. I am a grown, respectable <laughs> woman. <laughs> I refuse to do what I did in my thought days. I don't do that anymore. No, so. period. I feel that. What about you? How's your week been? It's been crazy. So like Joy mentioned, um, I'm a therapist. I'm getting my PhD in clinical psych. So I do therapy with children mainly that's my goal I like to like my focus is on children but now I'm doing therapy with adults all folks who've been exposed to trauma and I do that from eight to five every day and I've been doing that all week and it can get exhausting um yeah yeah but it's still it's good it's good because I'm learning a lot and it helps to know that what I'm learning is actually working because you can see the progress and the recovery in these patients but it's a doozy See, what's great about having a close friend, a bestie who is in that field is that that is what I originally thought that I had wanted to do. <laughs> when I went to school, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, we all go to college at 18 and we're like, uh, exactly. yes, psychology, I can get in there. <laughs> and, so, and then I did film. That's another story. But I actually, for a while, thought I wanted to be a therapist because I like to talk. And I like to listen and I like yeah. to think. But hearing what grad school was like and then hearing about the actual practice and carrying the weight of other people as for a living you get you're gonna be rolling in the money when when you are done I, with your residency I better be I better be because this is too much <laughs> like, it's too much it's like, too much <laughs> I can't I mean I I can't carry people's things I carry my own things <laughs> that probably sounds That's awful fair. but at least I know better like I'm not one of these people who becomes like a nurse or like a therapist knowing that I'm more yep. self-centered than yes that job should be <laughs> and there are many of them the meanest girls you'll ever meet and like they're in critical care nursing it's like how did you do that like yeah some uh, of the bitchiest I mean, mean girls in my high school are nurses I feel like yeah. everybody says that but it's yep. a real thing like it's these true. girls become nurses and we're from I'm from Arlington you're from like Richardson or Dallas or yeah somewhere in Dallas, but it's Dallas. yeah so <laughs> like I think half of the popular girls ended up pregnant and married by 22 so oh yeah completely different so let's go ahead and get into some pop pop yes. culture yeah I think that's a fun way just to start this off this isn't necessarily a pop culture podcast but we dig deep and we think a lot and mm -hmm. I honestly the shade room used to have a chokehold on me but then they didn't the, comment, the comments are so homophobic and awful Toxic. misogynistic that I weaned myself off of the shade room and then started looking at neighborhood talk and <laughs> jasmine brand which is not very different but... it's just shade room adjacent <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun to like read some meaningless shit but this is meaningful i want to start off with being with saying congratulations to britney spears yay her dad is stepping down as her conservator after 13 years yep i saw that 13 years 2008 is when Dang. she agreed to this wow. and 2021 is when and you know what it took? The stands. 
Yeah. It took yeah. the stands. The stands, the them, pressure. Them picketing those mm-hmm. court cases and like reading into her like weird Instagram posts. Yeah, the body language analysis that I would see. It would be like, Brittany, wear yellow if you're in trouble. And she apparently would wear yellow. And the next post, dang. I don't don't follow her on Instagram. I really don't don't follow anybody. But (laughs) just the fact that, and I think them them understanding like something is off and calling her out at every chance and every post is what gave her the courage to be like, I am miserable. You're right. I've been living in hell. It's been prison. And once she said that, it was over. I mean, yeah. we all knew it was a matter of time. Now, if she can get out of this conservatorship, that would be great. Just my, end it, period. No, exactly. And my question is like, okay, not it's so interesting how the public pressure can turn around something that had been established for 13 years. Like, I wonder if something else was going on too. Like, do you, like you think it was truly the pressure from the media and that New York Times doc and the stands yes. that was just like, yeah. dang, that's I literally think that was it. I think she behind the scenes was probably voicing to her appointed lawyer because at that time she couldn't even pick yeah. her lawyer. She couldn't pick her doctors. Like she was obviously telling people like, I don't want this. Right. And nobody cared until the stands got involved and then the rest of the world got involved. And finally she spoke up and then what happens? Her lawyer steps down, her management team steps down and now her dad has stepped down. Wow. Apply the pressure. I mean, let that be a lesson. Like, I'm not even going to say anything about cancel culture, but like people in the internet have power, like Mm -hmm. people's comments and attention changes things. Absolutely. Your image, once your image starts getting like impacted with things in that way, a lot of stuff can change. Okay. See, the thing about that though is, so I want to talk about. Yes. Nicki Minaj. And Kenneth Petty. Yeah, recently they've been sued by Mm -hmm. the woman that he, I'm not even going to say allegedly, because he was convicted. He He was convicted, absolutely. He assaulted this woman whenever, when when he was like 16 and she Mm -hmm. was younger maybe. And the fact that Nikki married this guy. Right. He's a sex offender. Right. She has a kid with him. He can't pick the kid up. Wasn't registered at the time or now, I don't know. He wasn't registered in California. He's been a sex offender this whole time. Yeah, and he didn't register when they were in California, right? Or something like Literally, that. Literally, like, that's little things. Like, they right. ha- they moved and he got in trouble because he didn't tell his, like, parole officer and he didn't, or maybe, I think it's just that he didn't re-register in that new state that they were living in that. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Things yeah. like that. He can't come pick your kid up from school. He no. can't go to, like, school assemblies because he's a sex offender. And so instead of just not being with this guy, she moves on to go ahead and try to bribe the victim to recant. Right. Honestly, and I heard like the amount was only like half a million. And to me, that yeah. is not, that's not enough to ruin my reputation. Right, exactly. Ooh, exactly. That's a cute sound. <laughs> my speaker just turned off. I forgot I was listening to music oh. earlier. But half a million doesn't set anybody up for life. Like no. 50 million, and we could talk because then I can just buy a bunch of properties and- mm-hmm. I could move to freaking Spain or Jamaica or wherever. Oh, easily, yeah. I would literally be like, I mean, see, is this funny? I'm about to go there. I would literally be like, yeah, I'll say whatever you want. And then just change my name and move to a different country. <laughs> 50 million, 50. You're telling me I never have to work again, ever again? You know, no, yeah, I would probably do it. I wouldn't say whatever you want, but I would do it to make it go away. For yeah. Y'all. yeah, I mean, it's so hard even just to, I know to even 
go to Think. the police with that kind of stuff. And then to have that tied to you for the rest of your life and all right. of this stuff, not to say that anybody should ever take money to like recant, like telling your story about an assault or whatever, yeah. or seeking justice. But honestly, there's no real justice for sexual assault victims. I mean, I won't get into all that, but whether it's that he just did a year or you get 50 million, like it's just a mess all around. And so the fact that she thought half a mil was like, good enough and then further went on to harass her right to make her recant right it's crazy and I bring this up to say mm -hmm. oh no go ahead sorry no No, I was gonna say what makes me really take pause and look at Nicki Minaj is is it worth it for this man like I she has way more to lose just in general and thinking about like okay that's my husband but is it like at that point I don't know he didn't I have w- to be her husband. He didn't have to be her husband. That's the qu- that's the statement. That's what it is. He didn't have to be her husband. Why didn't she do the Oprah and uh, what is that dude's name? Oh, Stedman. Why not do that? Like buy a, a property, an estate, and then just put him on like the other half of it. <laughs> Give him like a, a nice cottage at the other half of the estate. Right. And then just be like, come over for dinner, you know, Tuesdays and, you know, whatever my schedule is, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> just- let him do it like that. Like why get married to someone? Like, it's just crazy. And I bring this up in comparison to the whole Britney thing, because this is a situation where like, it's like the stands are quiet. Like they don't seem to have much of an opinion. Oh, if you say anything about her music or her talent or oh, whatever, yeah. they're coming for your throat, saying all come. the smoke. Mm-hmm. But like when it comes to this guy and this sexual offender and what he did and now Nikki even engaging in the stuff right trying to bribe her trying to shut her up trying to basically be like screw your experiences I don't really care what he did to you just take it back so that Mm -hmm. we can live our life and you can be miserable it's insane and it's also going back to like the stands and everything first the streets were saying oh the woman was white and then she kind of like allowed that to continue to fester like oh well it was a white woman Emmett Till situation or whatever and then when that was debunked clearly because it was not that that wasn't the case then people were saying things around the fact that well the girl was older than him so like the and they were in a relationship so there's oh, no she way was older than him I thought I he was older than her. I don't think so. I think that's, so all of this is to say, I think the streets were saying things and Nicki Minaj was not denying it. She was almost kind of confirming it just by likes and retweets and stuff, kind of allowing her stands to continue to let this go on. She does this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, that's why Cardi B almost was in that ass. Cause she yeah. was liking tweets about Cardi saying things. Like, I, I just don't fuck with that all like I don't and it's like, like it. Nikki's like 38 I mean I don't know how she is she's like 36 it doesn't matter she's you, in her 30s yeah know. it doesn't matter but at the same time it makes me sad because I like Nikki are you saying she's too old to be liking tweets and oh yeah 100 percent 100 percent I see I think all of us like Nikki we all at least want to because it's like she yes. did so much so much for rap in general mm-hmm. and she is the blueprint for everybody that people not everybody. She's not the blueprint for like no name. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely like, not. <laughs> she, is, she is the blueprint for like a lot of the girls who've come up after her. And so we want to pay her respect in all of this stuff. And she, her pen game is crazy. And I listened to Queen just out of respect, not because I like actually thought it was good, but I was no, like- No, that's fair. That's why I listened to it when it came out too. I was like, I have to. I, have to I will say her, she did well. I didn't mm-hmm. really like the production on most of that, but 
I mean, it's, it's just sad that it's like, you can't really stand people the way you want to. Mm -hmm. And with that, this is the topic I was thinking of for this episode. Hmm. When did you realize that you could not stand the way you wanted to? When did you learn to put up a wall mm-hmm. between you and the celebrity or musician, actor, whatever? That's filmmaker a, that yeah. you, yeah. That's a great question. I think. I want to hear the first time. The first time? If you don't have one, I can go, but I, you I can don't go know if I'm, I'm catching. thinking. Because I know okay. the most significant time, but. I don't know the first. So you can yes. Go. Okay. The first time I can remember being crushed by a celebrity that I was so deeply, like, I, I hate saying worship because I come from a strict mm-hmm. religious background. Right. Right. <laughs> I already know. I was so into John Mayer. Like okay. his music was the first, like from heavier things. I mean, the first album is room for squares. Dude, then- Toby, I was literally thinking, oh yeah, room for blocks. No, it's room for no, Oh my God. Was that a Freudian slip? Because he hates the blacks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, so I, I loved all of his music and it was the first time I remember really falling in love with music in a mm-hmm. deep way where I was like, this speaks to my soul. And when he, when Battle Studies was out or right before Battle Studies came out around that time in like 2008, 2009, when he did that Playboy interview, Mm-hmm. And he said, the my, with, yep. my dick is a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. Like black women try to hit on me, but I don't really go for it mm. or whatever. And then he started talking about Jessica Simpson mm-hmm. and reducing her to like just a sexual, just sex. Like that's all it was. When they actually reading her memoir, yes. the book, they were yeah, in a committed you, relationship. Like, right. Was, you were the one who told me about her memoir. It's and how so she, good. Yeah. She was I mean, the fact that she devoted, like, if it wasn't one full chapter, it was like a quarter of the book Mm -hmm. to like that whole mess of a toxic relationship. And then for him to just be like, oh yeah, banging her was crazy. Woo. And it's like, that's that, that's all. Then he, you know, people don't remember this. He said something about Kerry Washington too in there. He was in that article. He was like, I won't even repeat it, but he was saying such nasty stuff. I feel like he's also said the N word before. Oh, oh, I'm sure. Definitely. I feel Maybe like not I in money on it. I didn't relook this stuff up, but I remember just when all this stuff was coming back up. He said the N-word. When did he? Anyways, and then you know, he tried, he apologized for you know what he said about black women and during a concert. It's so funny because I remember seeing the video. He was like on stage, and his backup singers are black, black oh, women. Wow. Because his music course. at times has mm-hmm. been like soulful and like jazzy and whatever. And he's just like, I'm sorry for trying to be so clever and da 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 da. And it's like, oh God, like clever. You thought that was clever? You thought that was clever? These white people be like tripping. Oh, honestly. I was like, I'm not even surprised. Of course, using, you know, that gospel choir thing as like a commodity (laughs) to be like, oh, I'm soul or whatever. And then thinking that, anyway, go on. I mean, I love a gospel choir. (laughs) I do too, but I feel like I should be able to and no one else. (laughs) <laughs> i can't hate on people using a gospel choir uh, there have been a couple times licky lee did it dua lipa has done it where they mm. use it because their voices aren't strong enough live that they mm. need yep the support. they need us to carry them <laughs> they like call on the kirk franklin choir to come in and just like carry me through this song but other times i feel like sam smith has sung with a choir that stay with me song that was about like a one-night stand and he had that 
gospel oh, choir singing. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a little moment back then. Again, 2012 moment mm-hmm. or whenever that song came out. I love that song. But anyways, that was my first one when I was like, I cannot get so heavily invested in these people that I do not know just mm-hmm. because their work speaks to me. Right. Right. Ooh, yep. Exactly. And I feel like that has happened time and time again. But I think for me, I guess this is also the first time that that dawned on me. Honestly, Donald Glover. I know. And it's to the point now that I, besides with you, I do not even bring him up as somebody who I used to enjoy, that I liked his music and all that stuff. Even though I still, I mean, I can't lie. I still do. Except This Is America. I hate that song. But so I know why you yeah. feel this way, but you explain to our listeners why you had to distance yourself from Donald Glover, who was our king once upon a time. I know, God forbid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Um, I'm not going to shy away from it. Yeah, definitely. Um, what was the thing that he did? Did he say something? Was it something about who he was dating? Was it what what made you go, okay, I can't stand? All of the above. It was his history of essentially being anti-Black and misogynoir and having an Asian fetish that came up in his music. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, oh, that came man. in his comedy. Yeah. Even, and it's something that even you can still see the anti-Black colorism show up in, in Atlanta and the characters that he's written. Oh, yes. And, yeah. Specifically the episode that centered around Van when she mm-hmm. and her black girlfriends go to a party at Drake's house yep. and they have the dark skinned black woman looking at this black man who's there with a white woman being like, mm-hmm, and all like neck rolly and like exactly like that. You're stealing all our man. It's like, girl, we don't care. We don't, we don't care. Black women do we not care. care. <laughs> I feel you on the Donald Glover thing. Like you know, it's funny. I was listening the song You See Me. Yeah, yeah. Camp. I don't mm-hmm. remember if I played it mm-hmm. or if it came on. I don't have it. I don't, I can't attest to why I was listening to it again. I know. But it is literally about, I mean, he fetishized Asian women so oh. hard. It literally, my whole butthole closes <laughs> up when I listen to that my ass itches when I think about <laughs> like all that stuff from I was it 2000 I mean I loved him because of community yeah and then his stand-up and then mm-hmm. him making music and all mm-hmm. of that and him doing imp- I don't like improv but I respect that he was oh, like I do and I did yeah Cynthia is an improv artiste <laughs> um I, I can't wait to see you do it again someday I don't know when if I you plan on when. I want to we'll see what you know this delta variant is trying to do but oh lambda kappa alpha alpha pi (laughs) all these variants coming out but donald glover yeah that's a good one i i don't listen to his music anymore i think i'm gonna be watching atlanta in season is it season three that we're waiting on yeah or something like that because that show is so amazing and his brother writes for the show people don't give his brother stephen glover like enough attention that he's an amazing writer he is and they i mean i have i'm a sucker for brothers siblings that look very similar they look very similar in the face and i always i just like that it's they look similar it's very cute donald glover reminds me of the black nerds that are dudes who are like well black women didn't like me in in high school and they, they laughed at my high waters and you know, that I was really super lame and 
that's why I, I like Samantha now because she understands me. And right. it's like, girl, we were there. I was awkward as hell. I was a nerd. Like, I didn't go to school with Donald Glover. <laughs> I was like, they all, they all have the same story of like, oh, we yeah. weren't accepted by y'all. So now, fuck y'all. Like, we don't check for y'all. At this point, it's almost like ingrained where I feel like he probably would just feels more comfortable with white women. I mean, he's basically, I don't know if he's legally married, but he's married basically to Very, his, yeah, pretty much. His wife. His wife. His W H I F E, his wife. <laughs> and you know what? Good for them. I mean, for them. Inter- interracial dating is not bad, but it's just that there is this trope of black men who seek refuge mm-hmm. in like white women because they're like black women are this and y'all were mean and y'all are so angry the same and black woman that birthed you your mother is a black woman and know. you know I, anyways i can go i could go in and this this podcast is Ooh. not ready for the analysis i can provide on this topic but yeah that's definitely where that first really hit me i was like oh my goodness yeah i and when i tell you i was a sannington i was a stan from mm. 17 years old until I don't know when it mm-hmm. clicked, but I think another like swift punch to the gut for me was Kanye West. Oh yeah. And not even with the MAGA stuff. Ugh. It was kind of like before I, that. I there were signs of the MAGA stuff. He for was sure. Already veering in that way when Jesus came out. Yes. That to me was the pivotal turn. During that time, he was like with Kim mm-hmm. Kardashian. And it's kind of like, isn't she the person you were like rapping about in, that, in Gold Digger? Like, I thought that was right. Kinda, I thought she was what you were describing. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> our, per our last conversation, very similar. Yeah. So just things with that. And then the music got more misogynistic. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even enjoy like Watch the Throne like I wanted to because I felt like his lyrics were more aggressive and like mm-hmm. sexually aggressive and like... Ugh, like stuff like that and I think the last album I actually listened to was Life of Pablo mm. because it wasn't I, I the John Mayer thing taught me to separate the art from the artist or whatever that you can mm. still listen to things and not support the person or whatever the MAGA stuff and then the slavery was a choice thing I think the slavery was a choice thing came after life of Pablo because that's when I was like, yeah, I did. No, 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 ma'am. And mm-hmm. so in the life of Pablo, he's still saying like the cup first two songs are Jesus. Yes. Uh, where, what is ultralight beam is a religious song. Isn't it? Kirk Franklin's on that. I think so. Yeah. It had some, like some choir esque stuff. Yes. Choir stuff on going it. on. And then father raised my hands, but then he's like, if I sleep with this model and then I get, if she bleaches her asshole, I get yeah. bleached on my t-shirt and my ass. I was like, what? And then famous. I love the sampling. I mm-hmm. like Rihanna a lot, mm-hmm. but I do not like that. He, and I'm not with Taylor Swift. I was never oh, period. Yeah. on her team. No, but he said, <laughs> he said, I feel like me and Taylor could still have sex. Cause I made that bitch famous. And I was like, where did that even come from? I- like, where was that even like you could still have why did you even reference having sex with her you're married I mean what does Taylor sex and take like what does that have and then calling her a bitch rappers call women bitches we get it but it's like in an, a vague abstract way you're literally talking about a singular person mm-hmm. and saying that bitch and that's why it's worse it's just all of that I was like this is not the same 
rapper and whatever. I am able though to listen to the first two albums because I feel like that was the first three yeah. albums. What was the, the third album was graduation, right? Graduation. The first was, oh my gosh, what was the first? College dropout. Yes. And then, and then late, registration, late registration, graduation. So he had like a, a theme with those three. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I think was my beautiful dark twisted fantasy or was it 808s and heartbreaks? I think it was 808s and um, I never liked that album. Me either. <laughs> and that reminds me of studying for the SAT and crying. <laughs> so I don't like that album. <laughs> oh man I think my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was I liked the album the production is so stellar and runaway is a classic mm, song yes. it's just two minutes too long for me to be perfect but those first four five I guess if well I don't count 808 so those four oh yeah I, can, I listen to them because I'm like that's a different person that ain't that mm. is not these were two different Kanye's and that first half, the first half Kanye is who I can listen to mm-hmm. and not care about what he's doing as a person or saying, cause that's second half Kanye and that's who's talking and everybody's excited about Donda and I could give less of a, oh, I, I could not, not care. could not give less. Cause yeah. I, I don't believe that it's going to be so revolutionary. I mean, this billionaire asshole, <laughs> I, I don't like who he is now. I don't. Absolutely. It was crazy. I heard on the radio here um, where I live and they were like talking about how, um, you know, everybody, we got to give Kanye his props. It was, it's 97.9, which is the hip hop station. I mean, whatever. It's like, oh, doesn't matter. That we're going to bleep that out. It's, it's beef. I'm going to bleep out the city. Okay. <laughs> we, Cynthia is off the grid. Yes, um, definitely. She's on a jet. She catches flights, not feelings. Absolutely. She doesn't, she doesn't live on this. You're never going to hear where Cynthia lives. I say I live in Austin because, girl, it's Austin. I'm a Black woman. That has colored everything about me <laughs> for the past eight years. But go ahead. Yes. So the local radio station, the hip-hop station, in the morning, they have their, like, their DJs or DJs or whatever talking. And then one of the guys was like, yeah, we got to pay Kanye his respects. Like, he had this whole listening party for Donda. And, you know, it's about his late money, mother, and it's like, an oh, to Chicago and all this, all this. And I'm sitting there in the traffic in this city that is just rife with traffic, just being like, what? Did we all forget what happened? That he ran for president? We all forgot he oh, ran for president? That was just marketing. Huh. Is that the listening party where he was, like, charging, like, $75 for fried chicken biscuit or whatever? <laughs> like, Something like that. And he didn't perform. He barely showed up. It was literally just like playing the music to an arena of people who are so brainwashed yes. that they would pay the money to just listen right. and know that Kanye is somewhere in the arena. That is just breathing that air that's probably filled with COVID anyway, I'm sure. God forbid. But I mean, probably. It just, stuff like that annoys me. Just how I get being, there are people who are even, who are to that degree where they're like, I literally don't give a shit what any artist ever says if I like their music I will still listen to the music I don't care about whether I'm putting money in their pocket so that they could keep having this platform and spread awful things Mm. or whatever people who are like that I if you're like that fine but when you go so far as to like almost be brainwashed by this guy and be like he's a genius and I mean it's like he's not cutting you a check for saying that he's a genius so what do you benefit you still I also just work. feel like genius is such a strong word. It like, is. He was amazing at sampling. And even just looking back at all the songs he's produced, like Overnight Celebrity by Twista, mm-hmm, You mm-hmm. Don't Know My Name by Alicia Keys. Right. All of his own sampling from the first album or two. I don't know when he stopped really. 
I feel like he doesn't produce his own music. He just like directs the production mm-hmm. of his music now. Anyone yeah. can correct me if I'm wrong, but he was way more hands-on earlier, obviously. And I like that production so much better, like mm-hmm. than all this extra shit. And ugh. I'm kind of soured towards the strokes just because mm. <laughs> I used to go so hard for them. And then when that George Floyd stuff happens and then all of, you know, the protests and the police macing people and you know rioting looting all of the stuff that comes when people demand change and need to make a scene so that you know this matters right this is a big deal it's not just rioting it's literally like i mean chaos is going to happen because you created the chaos but absolutely they the strokes put on facebook they were like hey guys maybe next time if we like kneel peacefully if we are peaceful at these protests the cops will join in too and kneel with us and I'm like oh get out like tell me that you went to private school in Switzerland without telling me you went to exactly school in Switzerland. Julian Casablanca didn't his dad create like mo- elite model management or something isn't he a billionaire I don't know. his dad is like the head of a mag a magazine fashion oh magazine. something like that Vogue something, something like that where yeah. like he was so rich and cut off from I the world that he like ended up acting like he was like a bummy like garage band kind of thing and there's like people is, love doing that i do especially rich white people in new york but <laughs> his music is great but just seeing that and being like so you don't even know that people are literally posting about how yes the cops have kneeled with us and then as soon as that whole cute thing is over they're pepper spraying us they're whacking us with batons like right a lot of times we're actually super peaceful and they're arresting us anyway. They are shooting rubber bullets directly into people's faces. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sure. Like put the responsibility of that onto the protesters by saying, if you guys stay peaceful, it's like people who say like, if you don't give police officers trouble, they'll have no reason to like arrest you or like, oh yeah, you. because that happens so frequently all the time. <laughs> And that's why I say this is not going to be a pop culture podcast because I do not care. Like I honestly struggle to find other pop culture things to talk about because with everything I was like, I don't care what anybody's doing or yeah. what anybody is saying. Like, I don't, why do I care about any of this? Like, I don't know you people. People have nothing, no direct tie to me. Like I will right. take what you produce if it means something to me. And I feel like at this point in my life, I, I felt, especially growing up in your teenage years, you're really into, in your like early twenties, you're super into music. You're super into culture. You're like, oh, I'm so cultured. I'm into all these things. And you identify with these icons or celebrities or what have you. And I don't identify with any of them. I identify with myself. I don't need to go to them and look at their pages and just find like, like, like with the Donald Glover example, I identified with him incredibly, like very strongly, especially mm-hmm. in my early, like late, tw- late teens, early twenties, where in reality, we don't have anything in common, except the fact that we're both black and we were both quote unquote seen as nerds or thought our, of ourselves as nerds and liked comedy. And there are, you know, uh, maybe not millions, but there's a ton of people who are just like that. Yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to have thought we would have been good friends <laughs> if I knew him in real. But and honestly, honestly, he honestly, feels like the, he feels like the kind of guy that mm-hmm. you join, like you do improv with him and you like mm-hmm. have a crush on him, but he's too busy looking at yep. uh, Kellyanne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ashley with an I-E-G-H. I-G-H, whatever. Because exactly. that's just his preference at this point. Preference. Preference. 
to that. And like, I'm not being, you know, stank about it or whatever. I just find that there are certain things that come up with people who exhibit these behaviors that are grounded in anti-Blackness that are it's not good and conducive to my mental health. So I do not want to entertain it anymore. And that's not period. Yeah. That's not period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you are not conducive to my mental health, girl, bye. I have nothing for you. Yes. Child, anyways, all of it. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Okay, I want to move on. Yes. To a segment we're going to call. Are we calling it the deep think? I forget what we're going to Deep think. That's cute. Yeah. Is it that deep? We're going to think about it. It is. <laughs> I actually, this is where Cynthia's going to give a mental health tip, and I'm just going to give a cute little wreck that I want everybody or think people should think deeply about, i.e., like go explore it. And, see if it makes you feel any kind of way like it makes me. Cynthia, I don't know if you have a mental tip that I wanted to come to for mental health advice. So I want to know how you go about dealing with negative Mm self-talk. And for me, I will say that I have built myself to be so used to like disappointment in a sense in different facets that like, I can't even fully enjoy something without telling myself how it's not going to work out or mm-hmm. how it's going to go terribly just mm-hmm. to prepare myself right. and be ready so that when things don't go the way I want them to, I'm like, oh yeah, I know. Like I thought that would happen. And I was telling everybody it probably wasn't going to work out. So now that it didn't, but you never feel better when you do that. When things don't work out, you're still going to feel like crap. Like, cause deep down you really did want them to. So I would like to hear how you feel do you feel like it is kind of conducive to be realistic mm-hmm. or if that's just not realism, it's just negativity and you are, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy when you tell yourself that this isn't going to work out. That is a great question. And I think my response to that would be another question to see whether or not, is that helpful for you? Because I think with negative self-talk, even that term, I really like the fact that you used it because it's true. A lot of the times when we talk to ourselves is in a self-deprecating way or we catastrophize and we anticipate the worst because in doing so, we're protecting ourselves from, you know, that an outcome that we aren't sure is going to happen. But in case it does, at least we knew it was coming because when mm-hmm. we don't, that ambiguity about things can make us feel uneasy. And at worst, it can make us feel really like upset and distressed and having big emotions. So if you're talking about being a realist, I would wonder like the thought that you're having that could be seen as realism, is that helpful in that moment? Is it helpful to think like, okay, well, I'm not even gonna attempt to do this because it's gonna go bad. How does that help you? Also the time it doesn't really. I think for me, it's like, I have memories of being super optimistic Mm -hmm. and hopeful. And then it just goes all the way left and just being crushed and like unable to function. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like a vaccine where if I give myself little bits of the negativity Mm -hmm. over time, when it's bad, I'm able to weather it more Mm -hmm. because I was preparing myself. Right. for the disappointment. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Exactly. That sounds like it was something that you were doing to, again, protect yourself. Because in our brains, our brains are always trying to keep us alive, keep us you know, in a position where we can function in a healthy way. That's why we go into survival mode and fight or fight without even thinking about it because our brain's job is to keep us alive. And when there are thoughts or and things that we anticipate that 
are risky and that could lead to, you know, maybe not death, but like something where like a negative outcome that wouldn't be happy. Our brain wants to avoid that. So what we do, we kind of anticipate the worst so that if it does happen, we're prepared. And if it doesn't, then it's like, phew, I would respond to that wondering if by anticipating the worst in terms of how it helps you, it might help satisfy that fear, that alarm that might ring off in your brain. But then how does that feel? Because if it doesn't, if it goes in the way that you want, will you actually be able to, you know, enjoy it in the most fruitful way possible without knowing like, well, at least the worst didn't happen. See, it's like a temporary high where you're like, oh, cool. So I was wrong. Yay. Mm -hmm. And then a day or two later, it's like, but it won't last. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. something else is going to happen. Like this is not going to work long-term or it just, I don't know. It's, it's like emotional danger is the threat. Like it's not, it's like you said, fight or flight. Like it's not about death, but it's like emotional safety. Like Mm -hmm. my emotional safety is threatened. So I need to just prepare myself already Mm -hmm. for that horrible disappointment by just being like, it's not going to happen anyways. So it's probably not going to happen. Whether it's a job and you're like, I'm not super qualified. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't even want that. You know, like, uh, it's just a lot. Like I can't possibly be the best candidate or whether it's like dating and you're like, yeah. Oh, you know, cause you know how it is dating like straight men. Like, oh, period. Like we already know that it's, you just know, I've been like through these roller coasters where mm-hmm. like up is down. And like, if, if, if thing, like the way things we left were so good, but then a week later, that person who I'm interested mm-hmm. in has like made a whole story or narrative to himself to explain why he shouldn't be with me. Mm-hmm. And I have no control over that. So now it's like, I'm ready at any point for things to fall, mm-hmm. <laughs> to not work out. Cause I'm like, I don't know. It's like, I'll never trust anybody enough mm-hmm. to be like, we're good. And I have nothing to worry about. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you at any point can like, this could be a fail. Right. And you're not wrong, right? It could be. But I wonder too, sometimes when we anticipate the worst that could happen that emotional security that's being threatened, it feels really bad in that moment. I'm also wondering if we can challenge that by accepting if it does happen. So there are so many different ways to think about thoughts and negative self-talk in psychology. But one of the one of the approaches is through acceptance and commitment therapy, where there's a tenant in that, or I guess a component um, called radical acceptance, where we kind of radically accept things in our lives as they come and then hold the feeling, even when it's really uncomfortable in us and allow it to pass and accept like, okay, right now this is happening. And these are the thoughts that I'm having. And these thoughts are leading to these feelings. Okay, what next? So even mm. when it comes to like, let's say the, like you're texting with someone and it's, it, you're, ha- you're you know dating them or whatever. And then the energy isn't the same a week later than it was before. So your brain automatically thinks, okay, well, that means they're talking to someone else or something shifted or I did something. And what if they're talking to someone else? You're not going to blue skidoo into the phone and like figure out why they didn't stop texting you. Like what happens if you just kind of just accept, okay, right now we are not talking at the same level. What does that mean for me? And then how can I approach this next in the way that is the most helpful for me? You see what that reminds me of is literally that Azalea Banks interview with the breakfast club where they're like, the one where so, she's wearing that wig. 
Yeah. <laughs> she's, they're like, so you make music for the gays. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I do. I do. Yeah. So what now? What now? Exactly. I, I love that response. Yeah. That now? is literally what you're saying is like, hold the feeling and be like, okay, so what if, what if this person's not into me? What if I don't get the job? Mm-hmm. Okay. What now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I just love that part of the interview because she literally was like, okay, yeah next like yeah, yeah I like that and in a way that kind of like pretend you're Azalea Banks in that moment and then Charlemagne and whoever DJ Envy whoever else was asking her that dumb question are just kind of like they're sitting there stupefied like that you're like kind of telling these false alarms in your brain like shut up like this doesn't really require that thank you for trying to protect me but right now that I don't need that right now thank and, you next thank you next yeah and also that also doesn't invalidate the feeling that comes from either being ghosted or like having that oh man this isn't going to work out or is this job going to like all those are real feelings but what have what I wonder what happens when we acknowledge that we're feeling those feelings and give us grace for feeling them because that kind of lets us know that okay we're not a robot we're a human being and it makes sense to feel when something doesn't go the right way or when something does go the right way and what do we do next that is really interesting to think that the next time I am upset about something or feeling really anxious or nervous or scared to just kind of like be like, okay, I'm really freaked out right now. Yeah. I'm nervous. Like put a name to it and then be like, because I'm a human being, Mm -hmm. that is why I feel this way. I'm Mm -hmm. participating in the human experience and this is normal. When I was in therapy for three months, (laughs) uh, like at at least you was there. I was, yes. At least I was there. Um, the one thing that I can remember that I took away was just the whole, like, hold your feelings, sit in, like, don't sit in them, but like, observe them. Yeah. I am feeling sad Mm -hmm. and realize like, I am not sad. I am feeling sad. Huh. That's a feeling and let it pass because you don't have to absorb that and like Mm -hmm. carry it in yourself. If you can, and that's literally just the work of therapy though. It's like, all this is obviously easier said than done. Yeah but it's work. Like you have to actively practice carrying, holding your feelings in your hand and observing them and Mm -hmm. being like, huh, that is fear. I am feeling scared right now. Right. And that's okay. And just let it pass. That's so great, Cynthia. Yeah. It's a state that you're in, not a trait that like determines who you are as a person. You are not sadness. You are not failure, but there are times where you can feel it. I love seeing you in your therapy bag. (laughs) Like even just the way that you talk when you are like, I can see you going into your brain and being <laughs> like, like when you were like, hmm, hands. are we allowed to challenge that? And you know, like, I was like, yeah, <laughs> come on, let's challenge that. Let's challenge that. <laughs> What's been so interesting during this period of COVID, I do telehealth exclusively. So all my sessions are on Zoom or on our platform that we use at the hospital. And I can see myself like in the like screen and I'm like, wow, I gesticulate a lot. I use my hands. I like do all these things. And when you're in the room with someone, you don't notice that that's what you're doing. And I'm like, wow, I'm just like in this child's face. Like, so when we take this feeling, we put it over here and you can't see me, but I'm doing all this type of finger movements and stuff. But yeah, it's a really interesting thing. But I appreciate expressive talkers. I just appreciate people who are, who are like, 
people, like people who yes. have emotions, people who are honest, people who are straightforward, people who gesticulate and move around mm-hmm. and are wacky and are like, yeah, I know I can be crazy sometimes. Or like, I have idiosyncrasies. I'm weird. I'm a human right. being. I can't be around people who just try too hard to be even keel. Yes. Nonchalant. Yeah. Time. Like, oh, I, I never freak out. Oh, that's chill. Like, that's not a real human being. No, it's annoying. And I don't know who said that that was cute, but they're wrong. <laughs> I mean, with women, especially though, we've kind of been taught, like, mm-hmm. you don't want to be the crazy girl who's crazy. And you for like, what for male attention so they can get it, like be into you for 24 hours and then move on to someone else. You're supposed to be chill and just go with the, fl- be the cool girl who goes with the flow. And I mean, everybody has that. I'm sure like yeah. my other friends who are not, who don't identify as women <laughs> would be like, we also freak out, like guys freak out non-binary people freak it's like a human sense to freak out but also feel like you're not allowed to freak out because Mm -hmm. everybody will judge you that's what friends are for so you can really be that's how I know that's my litmus test with people that I start to get close to is if Mm. I if I start to open up with you and then I don't feel that there is a solid connection or appreciation of my feelings it's just kind of if I feel in any way like oh girl I don't know what to tell you like I don't ever feel like that I don't ever feel anxious. I don't ever get stressed Uh, or even worse. Like the people who will tell you, like, it's not that serious or calm down or like, I don't uh, know. I think think you're thinking too much. It's like, hell yeah, I'm thinking too much. Of course I'm thinking too much. Exactly. These neurons are firing. That's why I'm talking to you right now. These neurons are shooting. They are having a drive-by right now in my mind. Like, (laughs) 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 Okay. I want to go ahead and give my deep think wreck of the week. So the way that I combat feeling anxious and all over the place, and I, it's like, I don't even carry it in my mind enough to go to it, which is good. I don't think you should use the same self-care things every single time or they lose their novelty. Mm. What I've discovered, I was going to give like a list of songs that I listened to today that really made me feel good. But I will just say there are a few things better than listening to the sample of a song and then the song mm. that samples it. Yeah. I will give you an example. Yes. Today I was listening to Crush on You. Yeah. Yeah. It's Lil Kim's song, but she is not the like uh she's not on the song. Have you heard that song? I have heard that song. I'm gonna send it to you. I don't know if you've heard it recently, but like she is it's her song. Yeah, it's literally on her album. It's called Crush on You. And I don't know the rappers on it because I wasn't, I was born in the 90s. I wasn't like listening to rap in the 90s. No, I was regrets. But like when you listen to that song and then you have next in the queue, A No-No by Mariah Carey, which samples Mm. Crush on You. And if you you have that like 10 to 12 second fade setting on too, yo, when you go from Crush on You to A No-No and that beat just hits again, but in like a, a different way, because they've like revamped it to go with yeah. this Mariah Carey song. It is everything. I love that Mariah Carey song. Ever since you told me about it, I, it's, oh my it's on my running playlist. It's, it's so good. It's so it good. It's like happy. 160 beats per minute. I was just like, yes. For anybody who hasn't heard a no-no, it's off of Mariah Carey's, I think her 2018 album, Caution. It's easily the best song on there. And it's just basically, um, it's like the female version of I Don't Fuck With You by yeah. big sean <laughs> like yeah it's literally just like i will like it ain't nothing to cut that 
bitch off. Like yep. <laughs> just, it's about setting your boundaries and being like, uh, you crossed my boundary. That's a no, that's yes. a no, no. Like it's everything. And I think another, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to try to listen to through the fire by Shaka Khan and then move it play in the queue next through the wire by Kanye West, because oh. through the wire samples through the fire. I can't yeah. promise it'll have the same effect, but <laughs> I'm hoping that it will. Cause I just, I get so much elation and glee from like just hearing music is everything to me mm-hmm. and just hearing like that song. And then the song that samples it right after it. Why don't DJs do that? I need to be a DJ. You know, there's a DJ on TikTok. I it'll take me 10,000 years to find it. It's in like my millions of likes, but he does that. Like his whole TikTok is like showing like the original and then the samples of that song through the years. And it's really cool. Yeah. The next um, tax refund check I, I get, I'm getting <laughs> a turntable set Ooh. and I'm getting <laughs> whatever DJ software because I need to make this happen. I don't go anywhere in Austin where they actually do that. Where It's literally just kind of a lot of, mm-hmm. let me not offend anybody. But I know, <laughs> I already know. We don't, have great, we don't have too many great DJs in Austin, in my opinion. And if you're a great DJ, then I'm not talking about you. Right, exactly. <laughs> if it doesn't apply, let it fly. Exactly. That's amazing. I'm going to try listening to This House Is Not A Home by Luther Vandross and then Slow Jams. But oh. I'm just going to keep saying Kanye songs because he was sampling everything. He samples it a lot. Samples or he everything. sampled a lot back then, yeah. But yeah, so that is our premiere episode, everybody. <laughs> I'm so glad that we did this like even just talking to you the mental health part is probably gonna be my favorite part because I feel like you really shine like I feel like I'm I'm learning and like our listeners can learn yes and I like talking about it because I feel like it flexes a different muscle to talk about it with adults and talking about it with people who are grown as opposed to with kids because you do the same thing but you use kid appropriate language so I like doing it and it's giving back to the people. It's giving back to the people. <laughs> okay, bye, everybody. Bye.